There have been a lot of crazy things going on this week in America. Asian American attacks, the renewed lies about Trump winning the elections, even the lifting of mask mandates around the country. Man, you tell me. Sit on the sideline to be your old boss, make up your own mind. Find time to shine and uplift. My brothers and sisters co-shooting the gift. This world is in an uproar, and it's time for us to break down the door. Stand up in equality, now fight for yours. Man, you tell me. And you tell me. And you tell me. And you tell me. And you tell me. Welcome to the You Tell Me Show, the show where we discuss some of the most interesting topics from the previous week. That's the You Tell Me Show featuring Professor Kaz. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention made the sudden announcement that vaccinated people no longer need to wear masks indoors or outdoors. This might be a step in the right direction, but is it safe enough for us not to wear masks all of a sudden? The CDC's decision marks a victory for the Biden administration, but is it a little premature? Only 46% of Americans over 18 are fully vaccinated. Being vaccinated doesn't mean you cannot get COVID-19 or continue to spread it. You just aren't supposed to get really sick, be hospitalized, or die from it. That is still less than half of all adults being fully vaccinated. So I pose the question again. Is it a little premature to be lifting mask mandates? As far as I'm concerned, wearing of masks isn't going away anytime soon. Oh, sure, the mandates will end, but we know our American brethren. All you had to do was show them one time that they could die from breathing while being outside. Half these folks are going to be wearing masks for the rest of their lives out of fear. You will never see another day where you don't come across people that are wearing a face mask. The decision does come as a shock from the CDC since they were often criticized early on for moving too slow and being too cautious. Will you stop wearing your mask after the vaccination? You tell me. Welcome back to the You Tell Me Show. Next, I want to discuss the hate crimes that are being committed against Asian Americans. Recent research has revealed that almost 3,800 anti-Asian American incidents have occurred over the last year alone. Asian women have been the victims in almost 70% of these cases. For some reason, Asian women are perceived to be the easiest target. These instances have come in the form of verbal harassment, intimidation and shunning, and even physical assault. Most of the incidents have taken place in and around Asian businesses, while about 25% of the instances have taken place on public streets and in broad daylight. From the very beginning, there has been a real consistent pattern. Bullies, as always, attack who they think are vulnerable 
and we see this in the Asian elderly and youth populations. The violence against the elderly that was captured on, vid on video has made the issue gain more attention. People are now coming out and they're vocally responding. The biggest issue that I have is when it comes to this phenomenon is that many of the attackers have been African-American. Now, I myself cannot comprehend an African-American committing a hate crime against another group of people in America. Isn't this the same place that we have been persecuted for our race, religion, culture, and creed for over 400 years? Why will we in turn make another group of people feel the same fear that we did? Grow through the same public humiliation, persecution, physical and verbal attacks? I can't call it, you tell me. Asian and black Americans have reported more negative experiences because of their race or ethnicity since the coronavirus outbreak began. It's not just our Asian brothers and sisters, but us as well. So how can any African-American justify hatred towards Asian Americans since we have both been through the same experiences? Do you remember how many of us died throughout slavery up through the civil rights movement and again today by police brutality? If anything, we should be standing with our Asian brothers and sisters. We're all people of color. If you haven't realized it yet, the powers that be want all of us people of color divided. If we are, we won't get the fact that there are people of color and people without. Minorities for the first time are close to 50% of the American population. Yes, that means all people of color combined. African-Americans, Asian-Americans, Latinos, and so on. If we all come together as one, there is no mountain that we can't move. This is where the aggression has come from. They realize that there is almost an equal amount of us in America now, that is people of color. For too long, we have been blind to this fact. If we stay divided, we get conquered. If we come together, we can't be stopped. So if you are an African-American, don't let us hear about you treating another American minority in the same manner that we have been treated in this country for over 400 years. We owe it to our ancestors to show that when we overcome a tough situation, we help to make sure no one else has to go through it. This is Professor Cass, and we'll be right back on the You Tell Me Show. What's good, my brothers and sisters? I'd like to introduce you to the Street Artist Entertainment pre-production studio. At the Street Artist, we specialize in vocal recordings for artists that already have their own music but need a place to record their vocal tracks. If you're in the greater Charlotte area near the border of South Carolina and are in need of recording vocal tracks on your music, contact the Street Artist Entertainment pre-production studio on this podcast message board. Street Artist Entertainment pre-production studio. Your one choice for real, authentic vocal recordings. Rochester, New York. What's going on? I love my hometown of Rochester, New York. It was a great place to grow up. Although I've been gone for 20 years now, I get back as frequently as I can. Most of my family and friends still live there and it will always be my home. With that being said, 
what more does my hometown have to deal with? Isn't enough enough already? We had the Daniel Prude police suffocation death. If you recall, seven police officers were suspended for responding to a wellness call and put Mr. Prude in the hood where he later died. Officers cuffed him, placed him on the wet street face down, put a spit hood on him, pushed his head into the asphalt and placed the knee on his back. Oh yeah, he was also naked at the time. Then there was the subsequent protests that turned to riots, which caused 200 state troopers to be called to the area with the National Guard on standby. The police chief was even fired over his handling of everything. Then there was the deadly party shooting that killed two teenagers and wounded 14 others. They were all in their late teens and 20s. The party took place despite several restrictions on gatherings. You remember, because of the coronavirus, the city had told residents to limit social gatherings to household members and not to gathering groups, which is the same thing that was in place all over the country and around the world for that matter. Then there's the former judge who had run-ins with the law, including DUIs, missing probation appointments, failing to abstain from using or possessing alcoholic beverages. She was even handcuffed and jailed. With a crime rate of 42 per 1,000 residents, Rochester has one of the highest crime rates in America compared to all communities of all sizes, from the smallest towns to the very largest cities. Your chance of becoming a victim of either violent or property crime in Rochester is 1 in 24. So we definitely do not need our public officials adding to those numbers. Now we get to Mayor Lovey Warren. New York State Police raided her home on Wednesday, and her husband was later arrested on drugs and weapons charges. This isn't the first time her name has come up amid controversy either. She's also been indicted before on two felony campaign finance charges. The grand jury indictment was connected to her 2017 re-election campaign. Now she has admit now excuse me, she's adamantly refused any wrongdoing in that matter. So I'll give her that. She also faced increasing questions about her honesty with her claims that she was not informed by her staff until August of all of the facts surrounding Daniel Prue's death. Now, with the state police conducted a search of the home of Mayor Warren on Wednesday in connection with what law enforcement officials describe as a criminal investigation. Her home was cordoned off and traffic was rerouted for more than two hours before crime scene tape was removed. From the state police, Major Barry Chase was quoted as saying, we're conducting a criminal investigation at 93 Woodman Park in the city of Rochester. I will confirm that it is the residence of city of Rochester Mayor Lovely Warren, and it's an ongoing investigation. We'll have more for you as soon as we can. Now, during the investigation, state troopers were seen removing a blue plastic container and several bags from the residence. Timothy Granison, Warren's 42-year-old husband, appeared Thursday via video in Rochester City Court from the Monroe County Jail, where he had spent the night. He was arraigned Thursday on charges of criminal possession of a firearm, criminal possession of a controlled substance, and third-degree criminal possession of narcotics. 
law enforcement seized three firearms, one semi-automatic rifle, over two kilos of powder and crack cocaine, and over $100,000 in cash. Two of the handguns were found at the mayor's house, an unregistered handgun and loaded magazine, as well as a semi-automatic rifle, which is currently at the crime lab, where they will determine whether it's safe at compliant. Now you tell me, what's going on? There's only so many times that occurrences can happen that are mistakes. I'm not passing judgment on anything in Rochester because I don't live there anymore. But my heart hurts every time I see my hometown in the news for something negative. I need to get someone from Rochester on the phone so we can get some information from someone there on the ground every day. We'll be right back on the You Tell Me Show. Throughout American history, there have been several commissions formed to help our society deal with racism and social injustice. Some of those previous commissions were formed to study the causes of the Chicago riots in 1919, the Harlem riots in 1935 and 43, along with the one in 1965 after the Watts riots in Los Angeles. In 1968, President Lyndon B. Johnson's Kerner Commission put out a report that attempted to address systemic racism in the U.S., including police violence against black people. What the commission discovered shouldn't be that hard to swallow. Racism was a major cause of economic and social inequality for black people, and it was moving the nation towards two societies, separate but equal, one for white America and one for black America. At the time, the commission reported that white racism was the main reason for this equality in living conditions, as if we as black Americans needed to be told that. We were living through that since we were forced to come to this country in the hulls of slave ships. Now, the commission lays, laid out steps to take to fix this great divide. The problem is the observations and directions of the commission have never been carried out. The reason nothing has changed for more than 50 years is because officials never acted on the recommendations of the commission. So we still live under the same conditions of policing black communities, poverty, and inequality for black and brown people today. Of course, we know that there has always been a widespread belief that black and brown people live under a double standard when it comes to policing and criminal justice. One system for white America, another for black America. We still see the same problems the commission saw, distrust in police when it comes to black America. The issue with policing can't be solved without addressing race first because racism is the makeup of America. Nothing ever gets done about it. The ghettos that have popped up in the inner cities across America were created by white people and continue to be sustained by white people. In the ghettos, we have substandard schools, substandard housing, low jobs, and inadequate public transportation. If it weren't racism, what else could be the reason that we were corralled up and put into box neighborhoods away from everybody else? This almost sounds like being put on reservations, something our Native American brothers and sisters know all too well. Poverty rates 
have always been alarmingly higher in minority neighborhoods than in white ones. It's amazing that today in America, life is just as much separated and unequal as it was in the 60s, if not more so. Look at the recent coronavirus pandemic. Why do black people die at a much higher rate than white people? Could it be inequality in healthcare or inadequate access to it? We as black people have a higher rate of pre-existing conditions than others. Could this be because of a lack of resources in our communities? The Kerner Commission back then recommended new federal programs and vigorous enforcement of civil rights laws. We know that never happened. And if anything did happen, it happened at a snail's pace. That's why it seems like nothing has changed for the people that live through it every day. Even President Barack Obama formed a task force in 2015 about policing in the 21st century. Well, he's no longer in office. According to a Princeton history professor, Julian L. Zelizer, in order for anything to get better, you need to change the laws, you need to change the institutions, and you need to reform things. Otherwise, the problems will perpetuate themselves. We all know, we all know that to be all too true. You tell me. We'll be right back. The definition of cheating is to act dishonestly or unfairly in order to gain an advantage, especially in a game or examination. But that applies to everything in life. The definition of going hard is doing something with 100% effort. It requires some unteachable skill, something a beast of a man does all day every day. The young men and women of upstate New York are lucky to have a community program called Don't Cheat, Go Hard. Don't Cheat, Go Hard teaches our youth not to cheat, but to give maximum effort in everything they do. Work hard in school, work hard at work, work hard on your skill, work hard on your relationships. Charles B. Coe Sr. and Jr. both know the true meaning of Don't Cheat, Go Hard. That's why they founded the Don't Cheat, Go Hard program. If you want your child to learn the necessary skills and get the right mentoring to be successful in anything that they choose to do, contact Charles and Charles and they will tell you all about it. Just leave us a message on this podcast and we'll be glad to forward you the necessary information or go to Don't Cheat, Go Hard on Facebook. Don't cheat, go hard. Apply this to all areas of your life and watch great things happen. Welcome back to the You Tell Me Show. Do y'all remember uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene? I talked about her, I think, in February on one of our episodes. She's a congresswoman from Georgia who suggested that the Parkland mass shooting in 2018 was a false flag and then suggested that the Las Vegas mass shooting in 2019 was staged. She also suggested hanging former President Barack Obama and executing House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. She even said that Democratic Representatives Rashida Tlaib of Michigan and Ilham Omar of Minnesota aren't really congresswomen because they didn't use a Bible while being sworn in. And if you recall, I told you they didn't use a Bible because they were both Muslim. 
This chick doesn't know when to keep her mouth shut. I don't know if you heard the latest comments, but let me share them with you. Before I do, she was commenting on the fact that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, she announced a mask mandate uh, would still be required on the House floor and will remain in place until all the members of Congress have been vaccinated. Now, that sounds reasonable to me. Continuing to show the country that our leaders at the highest level are still taking the virus seriously. Green was quoted as saying, you know, we can look back at a time in history where people were told to wear a gold star and they were definitely treated like second class citizens. So, so much so that they were put in trains and taken to gas chambers in Nazi Germany. And this is exactly the type of abuse that Nancy Pelosi is talking about. Are you fucking kidding me? Now she's gone too far. Comparing the six million Jewish people that died during the Holocaust to having to wear a mask as protection against the coronavirus, where did they find this woman? And how could anyone have voted for someone so ignorant and undereducated about real historical facts? She went on to say that she said nothing wrong. And she was quoted as saying, I think any rational Jewish person didn't like what happened in Nazi Germany. And any rational Jewish person doesn't like what's happening with overbearing mask mandates and overbearing vaccine policies. It's not hard to see what people like her are doing. Haven't we all realized how less and less white this country's becoming? You can't get by with a high school diploma anymore. You need advanced skills or higher education. Well, the Republicans' main supporters are getting older, more evangelical, bluer-collared, and they come from places in America that are economically falling apart. Like, say, rural America, where all of the factory jobs have disappeared. They're, they're not really uh, mining for coal like they used to. That is why they say things like Marjorie Taylor Greene does. They stoke nativist anger over their loss of status and power. They're scared, and their leaders are preying on that fear. If you look back, seven of the last eight elections, the Democrats have won the popular vote. Former Congressman Charlie Dent said, I don't like where this is headed, but don't think it's inevitable that we get to that terrible place. He recently joined more than 100 prominent Republicans in a letter to the GOP to rededicate itself to the founding principles. The Republican Party is shot. John Berman from the news show New Day slammed Marjorie Taylor Greene on Monday. Remember, he's Jewish and was pissed at her speaking for Jewish people. He said, your words don't make me uncomfortable. They make me sick. He went on to say, so as a rational Jewish person, let me just say to Marjorie Taylor Greene, don't you dare speak for me. Not if you're going to compare health measures to the Holocaust. Being a communist professor, you've never done the real hard work that builds the economy. You just teach ideas that will destroy it. All you do is promote hate. Hate is destroying our country. He then went on to add, oh yeah, and Berkeley is spelled with an E after the K. I love that last line. You know how to compare the Holocaust to vaccinations, but you can't even spell Berkeley. You tell me. Marjorie Taylor Greene, crawl back under whatever rock you slithered from underneath. We'll be right back on the You Tell Me Show.
Well, my brothers and sisters, we've come to the end of another episode of the You Tell Me Show. In this episode, we went over the Kerner Commission, vaccinated people not needing to wear a mask, the hate crimes against Asian Americans, Marjorie Taylor Greene comparing masks to the Holocaust, and the mayor of Rochester, New York, Lovey Warren's legal problems. Tune in next time for an interview with the up-and-coming hip-hop star, Jay Clancy. His style of hip-hop is a refreshing throwback to the golden age. In an era where most of the hip-hop stars throw out negativity or give praises of street life, this young man is honoring legends of old with his educated words and melodic delivery. This is Professor Cass, and we thank you for listening to the You Tell Me Show. Sit on the sideline to be your own boss, make up your own mind. Find time to shine and uplift. My brothers and sisters, co-shooting the gift. This world is in an uproar, and it's time for us to break down the door. Stand up in equality, now fight for yours, man. You tell me. And 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 you tell me.